Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Our websites are Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com. And I was laughing looking at our latest compilation at Clark Deals of items we have listed as deals for Father's Day. And I was thinking about looking through the list, and it's something that my family's always said to me that I am impossible to buy for. And so I'm looking through the list here, and there are a lot of uh, very practical items. People tend to, for guys, buy things that are very, very practical for uh, birthday, Christmas, or other religious holiday, Father's Day. It's always going to be something either very silly or very, very practical. Every year at this time, Lowe's and Home Depot and independent hardware stores are pushing every power tool gift set that there is. And I mean, what would I do with a power tool other than hurt myself? I mean, (laughs) just not capable of any of that. And the other thing, I think they think that every man in the world cannot shave worth a darn. And there are always the sales on the electric razors. Every um, every Father's Day, belts. I mean, uh, used to be ties, but nobody dresses up anymore, so you don't have that anymore. So, Joel, I'm curious, what do you want for Father's Day, and what kind of things have you in the past given your dad for Father's Day? Man, my, I feel like my dad is the hardest to buy for. <laughs> so I, no, t- I think that's me. <laughs> I, I, so typically I try to, to do time with him and to, to take him out somewhere to eat that, or to like a sporting event, something that we can kind of do together is, is typically um, what we, what we try to do. And then yeah, typically uh, my wife tries to give me some time alone, which is great. So, and um, I like to play disc golf as you know. And so that's typically what I choose to do with, with that time is go out on the course. Cause I get out there so rarely Throw, throw some discs, which we've done that together before, Clark, and um, and it's fun to get out there, but it's not usually things that I want or need. It's usually that time or time together with, with other people. So I remember when we were on a staff trip in Hawaii, yep. and we were at the Kapalua Bay Resort, and the greens fees were hundreds of dollars per person to play golf. And adjacent to it was the disc golf course, which was? Free. Yeah. (laughs) So that was a pretty good deal. But you mentioned uh, spending the time with your dad doing an activity which we can't do right now. Yeah. Yeah, It's Uh, it's harder for sure, right? (laughs) Yeah. To go out, especially no sporting events going on. Because we're, uh, you know, we're in a position where we potentially put um, our older parents at risk you know because most of the people who have 
unfortunately lost their lives to coronavirus are 65 and older. And so being with them and doing an activity is generally not going to be safe. So the alternative is what my wife does with her parents is we will have an outdoor get together and we set up uh, chairs and we end up we set them i know you're only supposed to have to do six feet but we do 10 feet apart just to make sure that they're a-okay because they are in their 80s and so they're at ultra high risk from coronavirus and so what what does an aging parent want more than anything else but a visit and we may feel we can't do that visit but if you do it particularly outside and you do the space apart you're good the other way especially if they live across the country with all the various video apps that are available i mean zoom is the one that nobody had heard of months ago and now is is so well known or if you're in the gmail universe it's really easy to set up a video call you can uh, help them if they if they're on iphone and you're on iphone you can do facetime i mean the thing is to have a virtual visit or even better if you live within a couple hours of each other go see them because the gift thing <laughs> it's tough now i only saw one item and i uh, didn't see this on our site clark deals but I saw it in an email I got from Sam's Club today. They have a section called His Dream Yard for Ye- for Less. And it is a cordless robotic lawnmower with anti-collision system. So it doesn't run into a tree or anything. It's got all these radar-y things like it's a Tesla. And it is very, very very expensive even $350 off it still costs $848 but to never have to go out and cut a lawn again what a deal our neighbor gave himself a Father's Day gift just a couple of weeks ago he pulled up his lawn and put in an artificial one an astroturfy kind of thing and what's funny is you it's so good you can't even tell that it's not real grass and that'll never have to be cut again so time for your questions you posted for me at clark.com slash ask one of the ways we answer them is with producers kim and joel asking for you and kim who do you have a question from This is from Robin in Georgia. Robin says, in this time of market instability, what are the general thoughts on the American dollar? Is it possible for the government to make America a totally cashless system? If so, what are the recommendations for preservation of wealth and investing in such instruments as cryptocurrency or private savings notes? So there's been a lot of chatter online in the last few weeks about what's going to happen to the U.S. dollar. And economists have opinions that often, in hindsight, they can explain what happened, but up front, uh, their predictions will 
more often than not, turn out not to be accurate. Weather forecasting is a lot easier. So the the argument that people are making that the U.S. government is going to essentially destroy the value of the dollar is that with the deficit spending we've done, that interest rates are going to be purposefully held down by various tools the federal government can employ at these very low levels that will make the dollar no longer the reserve currency of choice in the world and that the value of the dollar versus other currencies will decline significantly. There are even some things floating around on the web that say the dollar is going to collapse in a historical amount. And I'm not worried about any of those things. Currency moves continually shift, and the value of a dollar will end up being a lot stronger than people may anticipate looking into the future. It can be weaker at different times, but there is no specific move that the federal government is doing that would make the dollar a worthless form of commerce. The reason is, in order to do that, you have to create essentially hyperinflation. You have to print dollars in enormous excess to the point that there are too many dollars chasing too few goods, and there's nothing at all that looks like that's where we're headed in any way, shape, form, or fashion. So I would not worry, and cryptocurrencies absolutely are not a viable alternative. That's why people have been buying gold, looking at it, or silver, other precious metals, as a store of value that they can trust. But you never bet the farm on any precious metal. Joel? Clark K. in Missouri says, I want to purchase a home. I've compared interest rates from local credit unions and a bigger one that I'm a member of. What else do you recommend I do, though, in the home buying process? Also, look at online lenders. Um, On the purchase of a home, I prefer for you to deal with people locally where on a refi it doesn't matter, but at least get quotes from online lenders and a mortgage broker or banker. People use those terms uh, interchangeably, although they mean different things. But the idea is the more quotes you get from the more sources you go to, the better a sense you have of what is going to be your best deal. And it's also usable to try to get who seems to be the party you trust or want to use the most, gives you a tool to try to get them to match an offer you have found elsewhere. Kim? JB in Oregon says, I am almost 70 and I don't understand how to start withdrawing from my retirement accounts. I don't need it now, but I know that at 70, you have to start withdrawing something. Can you 72 tell me? now. Well, he doesn't know that he has two more years to wait. In general, can you tell him when you have to start withdrawing, is it automatic or does it require action on his part? That is a wonderful question. Most financial houses are set up to help you make sure you make what's known as your RMD, your required minimum distribution, that used to be at 70.5 and now is 72. And you just want to check well in advance if the financial house you use um, has that as a capability 
and is prepared to do your RMDs for you. If they're not, you've got enough time to move your money to another institution that has its act together and is prepared to make sure that your RMDs are done properly. The reality is if they're not done as they should be, the federal penalty is 50% of the money you were supposed to pull out. That's how they make sure that people do it. Joel? Clark Allen in Georgia says, I've started seeing commercials for Title Protection Service. They claim that it's the fastest growing cybercrime right now and that someone can steal the title to your house without you knowing it. I've paid about two-thirds of my mortgage off. I still have about 10 years left on the loan. So do you think that this service is something I need? Okay, uh, quick before I answer that, you have 10 years left on a 30-year loan, which means your interest rate is probably much higher than what interest rates are now. Go find a credit union and refi that into a new 10-year mortgage. Credit unions specialize, most do, 7- and 10-year mortgages where traditional banks don't want to do it because it's not profitable for them. You should look at doing that refi. On the uh, second issue, on the title stuff that's being touted online and, and various ads on TV and other places, know that we did a thorough background on this, and it's not a scam. It's just uh, the unanimous opinion of lawyers that do real estate work that this is an unnecessary expense. And now several counties around the country, and the number are growing, will notify you now electronically if anybody attempts any action or borrowing against or activity against your title. And that's the best protection of all. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Jeffrey joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jeffrey. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Yourself? Great, thank you. How can I be of service to you today, Jeffrey? Well, I'm in the market for a uh, uh, stationary bike. I have uh, Parkinson's, and I was participating in a... uh, local study here and it was cut short because of the coronavirus they had to cancel the, the class oh i'm sorry and i'm looking at some high-end models and they're confusing as to what type of uh flywheel they have or whether it's a connection or a magnet and they got bells and whistles on it that i probably don't necessarily need but I, I like the idea of having a screen in front of me. So my daughter ended up buying uh, one that has somewhat a cult following called the Poo-Boo, P-O-O-B-O-O, which you may not have heard of. I but haven't. They're under $500, depending on the version. Pulling one up right now on Amazon. Here's one for 359 bucks. What you do with those... She put a tablet up on them, and she uses 
the one from what's the really expensive Peloton? She uses okay. the Peloton program, but on her poo-boo. And so instead of spending a few thousand dollars on a bike, she spent three hundred and three ninety-nine or four ninety-nine for the one she has, the model she has. And there are a number of these bikes that are under five hundred bucks that give you a really good cardio workout and you can either they either come with a a wi-fi enabled screen or they have a place that you put your own tablet up and are able to run one of the programs and you save a lot of money and the way i look at them is if you buy one of these under 500 tablets and read the reviews if it works for you you're great if it doesn't You've got something you can either sell to somebody on Craigslist or give to somebody or have as a backup for you, and then you can go spend thousands of dollars on a fancy bike with the fancy flywheels and all that. But I discourage you from spending a few thousand dollars on one. I mean, think about it. If you spend $400 on an exercise bike and it's great, think how much money you've saved, and if you hate it, how little money you've lost, relatively speaking. And normally you don't hear me say Amazon, Amazon, but in this particular circumstance, I think Amazon is the superior place for you to compare and shop. So good luck to you and good luck with your health as well. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. I'm so glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Our websites are Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com. And what do you think about what I say is mantras of the show, save more, spend less, avoid getting ripped off, empowering you with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make or you have. This show is different than a normal show in that it's all about you being in a better position to make good choices with your wallet, and your future so that you have more power and control in your life. And so you rely on me to give you really good advice and guidance and information. And there are times that you will hear me talk about something and you'll be like, no, he didn't say that. He didn't really say that, did he? And you'll feel like I didn't give what I promise, which is good, actionable information. You may think the information or opinion I have is just wrong. Go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks and post where you feel I didn't get it together or get it right. And then others can read it. Others can post as well. And then most weeks, we have Clark Stinks on the show. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. 
All right, Clark, are you ready for this? I am. All right, this first one is from a message board user that goes by the name I'm Just a Girl. And I'm Just a Girl says, Clark, what happened to Krista? You never said a word like there never was a Krista. Did the COVID get her? (laughs) Oh, well, actually, the reason Krista has not been doing Clark Stinks is because of coronavirus, because of how we're all working remotely. Krista is COO of my digital company and oversees the websites and is only a very part-time fill-in producer on the show now. And so until we're all back working together in the same facility, we're going to have Kim and Joel alternate doing Clark Stinks. So Krista did not go away. She's just a big shot now. And I guess under these trying conditions doesn't really have an easy way to plug in and play with us. Joel? Clark Mark says, on a recent show, you suggested that it's more prudent to purchase gold shares via a fund rather than take physical possession of the precious metal. This can be a dangerous suggestion, as gold was confiscated by the U.S. government during the Great Depression in the 1930s. If this were to occur again, the shares of gold would be confiscated and the investor would wind up with nothing. I would suggest only purchasing physical gold and storing it privately. In this way, the ownership of the gold would not be known to the government and therefore would not be confiscated. I know we're in a time that people have extremely low faith and trust in government, and there's always the concern generals fighting the last war. What happened in the 30s is one of those things that history is not going to repeat itself. The government is not going to seize people's gold or precious metals. And having gold stored by essentially a third party that in trust holds that gold for you along with others in a central vault is a much, much more efficient way for your wallet for you to own precious metals and gold. And you don't have to worry about theft. So you'd have to have a much lower amount of faith in what our government might do to feel like the extra expense of buying and then having to store gold and hope nobody comes in and breaks in your house and steals it from your secret hiding place. You'd have to have such an extreme mistrust or distrust of government to do that. And that's not where my head is at. Kim? This is from Chris. Chris says, what is that foul odor? Oh, it's Clark using the term the feds again. I teach economics to high school students and I spend a lot of time clarifying how the Federal Reserve or the Fed is not the same thing as the federal government. When you use the term the feds to refer to fiscal policy or regulation, it not only conjures up images of G-men arriving to make an arrest, but more importantly, contributes to the confusion that so many Americans have about the feds role as a central bank versus the government's role as a taxer and spender. If you mean the federal government, please just say federal government. That is a great suggestion. So let me explain when I started using the expression feds. It was when it became clear to me that the country was so 
divided politically and people would misread things so much as me having some kind of hidden political agenda, which is not my thing, that I came up with that as kind of like a generic way of re- referring to the uh, the U.S. government. So I'll try to come up with another term that doesn't create that misleading sense of the Fed versus using the expression the feds. And I could tell earlier this year how much people see everything, uh, not everybody, but people that are extreme partisans in our political environment see everything through that one lens. When I was criticizing our uh, nation's failure to have an effective public health response to coronavirus, and there were people that were taking that as a direct attack on President Trump. And it wasn't about that at all. It's that we as a country collectively have, uh, and to this day, we're still failing to effectively handle the threat that coronavirus represents and loss of life and economic activity. And I am such a believer in the method that has uh, made the loss of life close to zero in so many countries that have done a great job with testing, tracing, and isolating, which we aren't doing at all at great loss of life. So that's why I use a generic kind of term so that the segment of our audience that sees everything about politics and their political tribe is the idea is to talk about it in a way of it being the government and so maybe the term I use forward is U.S. government. And then when I'm talking about the, the Federal Reserve, I talk about it as the Federal Reserve. Maybe that would work. Joel? Clark Bill says, you extol the virtues of the electric car for its performance and its ride, but you never mention the time required to charge the vehicle. Driving a 30-plus mile-a-gallon gas-powered vehicle takes about five minutes to refuel to get another 350 miles. Yet, I've read that it can take up from 1 to 12 hours to charge your Tesla. So, with millions of people living in high-rise apartments and condos with external parking, without the ability to plug in at ground level, it would appear that electric cars at present are only for those living in homes with garages and available plug-ins. And I've only seen two charging places in Central Florida near me. There's a AAA and a Whole Foods. Wow, I'm surprised there are so few. Yeah, the... um the high-rises, people who live in mid-rises, live in multifamily housing. Charging an electric vehicle requires more thought and whether it will work in your life. Um, the Tesla that I have goes 383 miles on a charge. And I did a long drive on the East Coast recently, and I had to do one charge for 12 minutes to do the whole trip and it's not equivalent because tesla has uh, a whole series worldwide now well in the developed world of high speed charging stations so mine charges at about 520 miles of additional range per hour and i only needed uh, a top up of my battery to make the trip so you're right it does require more thinking 
and a little more planning till you really become familiar with how the whole charging thing works for electric vehicles. The long charging window you talked about is when you charge at your own home. Generally, people charge overnight. And if you have a 240-volt hookup, uh, charge from empty to full will usually take about five and a half hours to charge an electric vehicle. If you don't have that and you're plugging in a regular household outlet, it could take, uh, depending on the vehicle, it would take a couple of days to charge it. How long did it take you to charge your leaf off a regular household outlet, Joel? Gosh, it takes me, so I still only do the, the trickle charge like that, and it takes from, from like almost dead, it takes about 17 hours. Yeah, so that's not practical for a lot of people. Kim? This is from Susie. Susie says, I was very disappointed recently as I listened to the show on my way home from work. Clark told people to buy their additional running shoes online and worse yet, from eBay. Small businesses do all the work telling and teaching our customers what works best for them. But for you, you tell them to shop online somewhere for a $29 shoe. Well, that is just reprehensible. Most people don't know the difference in this Saucony versus that Saucony. And if they do know the difference and get the same shoe, well, you have no idea where that shoe has been or how old it is. And honestly, you don't know if it's defective. Why not ask your local store when the shoe updates and when it'll go on sale? We will tell you. We want the return customer and we work hard to know all the products, to stock them, as many colors as we can afford, and to fit each customer. Run specialty stores and small businesses do all the work in our communities. Clark, why not support us? Thank you. That is a very, very good post. And it's completely true that having the help of a really knowledgeable staff at an independent small running store can make the big difference between you being a successful runner or being somebody who gets injured and your running career ends way too soon. I appreciate that post. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Chris joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Chris. How are you? Hi, Clark. I'm doing well. So, Chris, you are someone who has done incredibly well with your finances over the years, and you've developed a lot of financial independence and a lot of real estate. What got you on that wonderful path? Gosh, I don't know. I guess I've just always been a saver ever since I was a a young child, and um We've done really well, and of course, uh, I've been listening to you for many, many years, and, and you've really helped us out, Clark. Well, I'm, I'm glad to have been of some service to you, but it's, it's in your genes. I mean, this is just who you are, <laughs> that you live on less than what you make. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's true, no doubt. Well, how can I help a superstar with money? Well, um, I'm, I'm 59. My wife is about five years behind, and... Um, you know, we're, we're finally financially independent, and we, we plan to bag work in probably a little over a year. Um, we have a mortgage on a retirement home in another state, 
along with a paid-off income-producing rental. And we plan to pay that by retirement home. It's it means that's where you want to hang out. Yes. Once you're done. That's where we want to. Yes, that's where we want to go. Okay. And um, we we plan to pay that mortgage off when we sell our current home. Um, The rub is that I think we probably want to retire permanently in another state after a two-year minimum stay on the our current retirement home. And so we're, we're wondering, are we better off to try to buy another place right now with a mortgage that we can rent, put up, put up for rent, and where we eventually want to be, or just wait and try to get another mortgage uh, once we are retired, maybe as a short-term bridge, because I don't know how difficult it would be to try to match up closings. Yeah, so it's more difficult to get a mortgage when you don't have normal demonstrable sources of income. So once you both are retired and you end up with, you've got the property you're selling where you are now, you've got the rental property, you've got the home you're going to live in the next couple of years, then you think you're going to go somewhere else. Uh, There's a couple of complicating factors here in order to, uh, to get the most efficient mortgage available, you would want to buy a property now rather than after you're retired. However, because it's a property that's going to be at least initially an investment property, you're going to have to pay a higher than market rate because it's an investment property and you have to put down a substantial down payment. So that would be a complication. The second one is even though you have this vision, it may not be what you end up executing. Have you ever lived in this third state that you're thinking of? Uh, yes, we did, actually. We lived there for a couple of years, and we kind of decided that we would like to go back. All right, so if you, that changes how I would respond then, because you know the area, you've lived there. It's not like something you went a lot of times on vacation, and you think you'd like to live there the rest of your days. So this is really a toss-up. Um it's a lot simpler for you not to buy a place right now with everything else, all the moves you've got going on. But the other alternative, you have a mortgage right now on the, on the property that you are going to take these proceeds and pay off, right? Uh-huh. That you're going to live in for two years. So instead what I would do is... If I were you, I would hold that money, the proceeds from this sale you're going to do where you live right now, and then you've got the cash to buy the place in a couple of years that you ultimately want to move to. Gotcha. Instead of paying off the um, the mortgage on the, uh, the first retirement home. <laughs> right. Because you've got some interest rate spread. You're, you know, in today's depressed interest rates, you're not going to earn as much on that savings, but you're going to eliminate this whole thing of buying a property, figuring out how to rent it in another state, ultimately move to it with a mortgage you've been paying on for a couple of years because you were trying to get a mortgage while you were still employed. I think the simpler answer is don't pay off the mortgage you were going to pay off with these proceeds. Hold uh-huh. that cash. You're, you're essentially your own mortgage company ultimately when you buy in the state you ultimately want to live in. 
Yeah, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought of that. I'll have to think that through some more. But that would be, of the options available, that would be what I'd do. But the great news for you, you've got nothing but wonderful options because of how you've chosen to live your life, and you have this financial independence. By the way, uh, your wife doesn't look 54 to me. She looks 44. (laughs) Thank you. I'll tell her you said that. Have a great day. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.